Hello. If there's anyone listening, let's all take a deep breath. Take everything that you've been carrying around with you all day or all week and gather it up and hold it out in front of you. It's heavy like a stone and you just drop it. Now take another deep breath. Nothing really matters. So today, tonight, this evening, this morning, um, <laughs> I uh, will be trying to recall the third episode of Gilmore Girls entitled Kill Me Now, which I actually had been thinking um, before I double-checked that the third episode was Kiss and Tell, but I am, it turns out I was way ahead of myself on that one, that's not for another few episodes. Um, so I did look up the title of the episode just to make sure, and I discovered I was wrong, and um, I couldn't remember what this episode was about. So I allowed myself to go to the Wikipedia page and read the first little bit of the synopsis. And by little bit, I mean the first half of the first sentence of the synopsis. And I immediately remembered which episode it was. Um, it's just that the title to me doesn't um, remind me of the content of the episode. So, um, so that I'm being fully transparent that I did look up half of the first sentence of the Wikipedia synopsis of episode 3 of the Gilmore Girls. You know, I don't intend to make this podcast very, um, or I always intend for this podcast to be lo-fi, um, level of production, but one thing I do wish I could do something about is the changing volume because um, as I'm doing different activities the phone is at a different distance from my mouth so the volume changes and um, I try to kind of regulate it but um, I don't uh, I wonder there's probably some way to do that figure it out figure it out at some point anyway I do have a um, basket of baby laundry here to fold, so I'll be doing that while I attempt to recall this episode of the Gilmore Girls. So, this is the episode where they're at Friday night dinner, and Rory mentions that for school she's required to find a physical activity or sport to participate in and she's having trouble doing this because um, they're not really sport people I guess um, 
and I think it's Emily that suggests um, that she take up golfing because Richard golfs and um, she suggests that Richard take Rory to the club to teach her how to golf um, and uh, Richard is very hesitant at this um, it's not entirely clear why um, he just I think he just thinks it's weird at first he's just like why would why would we do that um, so he is a bit hesitant but Emily is very persistent and somehow does get him to agree to do it and Rory to agree to do it and um, so that's what they do um, when I was thinking about this episode I realized that I, I can't really remember what um, Lorelai was up to the entire time and I wonder if her kind of side of the story is where the title of the episode comes from and so I'm trying to remember what she was doing um yeah I I can't remember she what was going on with her last episode oh just the the laundry day thing the the dry cleaning thing um we're not at deer hunters yet so she hasn't met Max yet so um was this maybe the episode where the guy like I don't remember if this was this episode or the last episode where um that Chilton dad that she met on the way into the headmaster's office where he uh stopped by her inn to ask her out um, and I really don't remember if she said yes or no, I don't really remember much of that because it pretty much just ends, like nothing comes of it, so I don't really remember much about it. I do remember, I think she has a conversation with Luke about it, um, explaining to him why she doesn't really want to date this person. Suki. I had this debate with myself last last recap episode. Um, yeah, so I'm not really sure what's going on with her the whole episode. Um, yeah, but she is very um, feeling very weird about Rory going to the club with Richard um, because. I mean, she doesn't have a very good relationship with her parents, and she feels, I think, weird about her daughter having this kind of outing with her dad, like, she feels weird about them just kind of, like, palling around um, when she doesn't have a very good relationship with either of her parents, um, and also because the, the, the club that Richard is going to be taking Rory to is obviously um, 
it's a part of a certain um, how do I put this it's a part of a certain um, demographic or culture or um, lifestyle I guess yeah lifestyle um, that Lorelai rejects or at least she says she rejects that's sometimes I'm not sure um, sometimes she seems to pick and choose a little bit if you ask me but she she claim she proclaims to reject this lifestyle um, of you know wealthy um, kind of family money you know uh, country club maids and mansions and golfing and all of those things um, so uh, that's why I think those are the reasons why she feels weird about Rory going um, yeah uh, so she kind of um, is like asking Rory if she's really gonna go and Rory is like um, well, why wouldn't I go? I mean, you know, and then Lorelai's kind of like, oh, okay, like, um, I don't remember exactly how that whole conversation goes or how much in-depth they get into it, but, um, but basically Rory doesn't see a problem with going, even though maybe she was a, a little bit awkward about it at first, um, but Lorelai kind of thinks it's a little bit of a silly thing to do and feels weird about it. So, um, uh, so they, yeah, um, but, you know, um, and I can't remember when she gets into a conversation with Emily about it. Uh, maybe over the phone, or, I can't remember, maybe after Friday, Friday night dinner? I, I can't remember when she gets into this conversation with Emily, but, she gets into a conversation with her about it, and um, Emily is saying, like, you don't want her to go, and Lorelai's like, no, I'm fine with her going, why would you say that? And Emily is like, well, no, I can tell you don't want her to go, um, and it's because if she has a good time, then, um, like she says, I think she says, like, if she has a good time, then then I win or something, I don't, I don't remember exactly her words. Laura's like, what? What are you talking about? And she's basically like, you know, if she enjoys herself, then, like, that's basically a point for us or something. Um, and, you know, um, so she's being kind of, she's kind of, at the same time as she's being kind of petty, she's also calling Lorelai out on her kind of hang-ups and baggage around, around this event. Um, so she, you know, she is right in a way, but she's also kind of being a little bit petty about it. In any case, for the actual outing, neither one of those, neither Lorelai or Emily are, are actually present, so, um, so, 
Rory does show up to um, Richard and Emily's house wearing um, some like khakis or something and a polo shirt and I'm not sure where she gets the hat from. I should I should know that because it's this this hat that almost looks like a it almost looks like a Rastafarian hat, but it obviously isn't in the context. Maybe I sound silly saying that. It's just that's what it remind, reminded me of. Um, so I don't remember where she gets the hat. If she gets it from Emily, I think. Okay, yeah, I think she gets it from Emily. When she shows up, she's like, oh, your outfit isn't complete, and you should wear this hat that, I think it might have been, it might have, I don't know, I don't know where it came, it might, maybe it was Lorelai's when she was younger, or maybe not, but either way, it's supposed to be like a golfing hat, so, um, Emily puts it on her, and it is kind of a silly looking hat, um, but she wears it nonetheless, and they go to the golf course, and, um, you know, uh, Rory has never golfed before, and Lorelai, or no, um, sorry, Richard is kind of teaching her to golf. She's not doing super well, but you know what? She's actually handling herself quite well considering the circumstances. She's pretty chill, um, and I think if she had been more like awkward or taken things more seriously, maybe Richard never would have gotten to a place where he could have relaxed, but I think because of who because of the way that Rory kind of acted, he kind of eventually kind of relaxed into it and had fun himself. Um so uh and there's this lady who drives by on one of those golf cars or whatever and, um, I forget what her name is, but she's basically like, oh, hi Richard, like, we should have dinner sometime, it's been too long, and how's Emily, and all this stuff, and Richard acts very friendly towards her, and, um, and, yeah, but, uh, after she drives away, um, he turns to Rory and says, that's the most odious woman alive. And I did look up the word odious once upon a time, but I I know it's it's obviously negative. Um, but I just want to double check what it means. Um, extremely unpleasant, repulsive. Wow, that's um wow, that's that's pretty harsh. Pretty harsh. Um so I guess he doesn't like that woman. Um, and then they go to lunch and they, there, they, they bump into two, I don't know if they're friends of Richard's or just acquaintances or what, but they're these two, um, older men and they're very kind of jovial and um, joking around and um, they sit down with Lorelai and Lorelai. I, keep, I keep inserting Lorelai into this this thing where she isn't um, 
size for these pajamas? Oh, wait, 18, oh, nine months. Well, he fit into them recently, but weird time of the year where there are some days where he needs pants, um, where he needs to wear pajamas and his sleep sack to bed, and then other days that are warmer where he really doesn't need to be wearing pants in the house and uh, where t come time for bed, he really should only be wearing one layer so as not to overheat. Um, so that could either be pajamas or his sleep sack, but he's also growing out of a lot of his pants and pajamas, and we have to make the decision of how many more pairs of pants and pajamas do we buy, given that he's not really going to be wearing them as the weather gets warmer as much, but at the same time, uh, the ones we've been buying go up to 12 months. Oh wait, no, 12 months is actually coming up pretty quickly. If we get the ones that go from 12, 12 to 18 months, but that might be too big right now. Yeah, so you see the kind of predicament that we're in is like, we don't want to buy a bunch of pajamas and pants that he's only going to wear for another like few weeks before it gets so warm that he doesn't need them anymore. But, um, but if we can get them secondhand, then it won't be as big a deal because we won't be spending that much money. These pants are 12 to 18. These are 12 to 18? Wow, these don't look like 12 to 18 at all. Sometimes the sizes in baby clothes are radically, like they seem radically different. So, who knows? Uh, maybe we can look at some of the 12 to 18 months ones and see if, and by we I mean his dad because I'm asleep most of the day, and can't really go shopping. Uh, there's, his dad works, like where his dad works, there's um, actually a couple different places around there where he could potentially get new baby clothes, or even used baby clothes. Um, but I work, oh, I work kind of on more on the outskirts of the city, not like, not outskirts, outskirts, but I, I work, like, the place where I work is actually in, like, a very, very much residential area, so they're really, I, there's no way that I could just pop into a store on my way home from work like he can, so he's usually the one doing it, um, which is probably a good thing, because I would probably spend way too much time and money in there. <laughs> Size are these pants? Six to twelve. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, so like the ranges are like everywhere. Like you've got you've got clothes that are like one size where they're like, this is six months, this is twelve months, this is eight months. Then you've got then you've got six to twelve, nine to twelve, twelve to eighteen, and it's like if you're twelve if you're if you've got a one-year-old, then supposedly they're supposed to be able to fit into all of those sizes. <laughs> but, um, 
anyway, it's it's just kind of. But I guess it's, it, it it's probably difficult because they grow so fast, um, and they go through these growth spurts that where they suddenly grow very rapidly in in a very short period of time. So it's really hard to kind of anticipate what size of clothing they're going to need at what time. He's always been a little bit um, ahead in terms of um, clothes sizes. Anywho, back to the Gilmore Girls. Um, Or Gilmore Girls, not the Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. So, yeah, they meet these two kind of funny older gentlemen. And um, then they split up to go for, to go to, um, I guess it's a, a sauna and they're, they're split up into like the, the men's sauna and the women's sauna. So Richard is in the men's one and, uh, Lori is in the women's one and, um, inside each of the saunas there's other people and they're all kind of gossiping sort of um and uh and one of the things that happens in well Rory's in the sauna is the same woman who was driving by in her golf cart earlier um like either comes into the sauna briefly and then leaves or she was already in the sauna and then she says, oh, I think so. Like, she was already in the sauna, she was talking to people, and she gets up and leaves and says goodbye. And when she's gone, one of the women says to the another one of the women that she's the most odious woman alive. So, it's supposed to be a callback to Richard's previous comment, and Rory has a little chuckle to herself about that. Um... sure at some point they talk about books. Um, Rory and Richard are always bonding over books. Um, not being a particularly well-read person myself, you'd think I would be because I'm an English major, but I'm not willing to say that I am because, because I haven't read a lot of the classics. I've read some of them, but like sometimes when you tell people that you were an English major, they're like, oh, have you read this famous book? Have you read that famous book? And it's like, no, I haven't read all of the famous books because they're always coming out with new books, you know? Books are always being written, so when new books come out that are considered well-written and worthy of being studied, they get added to the curriculums, and then you don't really read some of the more classic, well-known, like, older literature unless you're in a class that's specifically focused on that period of literature, like 17th century literature, modern literature, um, uh, what else? Medieval literature, um, history of, what was that course called that I took? History of English, history of English literature, literary, literary history, that's what it was. Um, that, that's where we kind of just did a cursory glance at all the different periods of literary history. And if that course taught me anything, it's that what 
gets considered great literature is really not completely arbitrary, but somewhat arbitrary. So if you're sitting there thinking that, like, you're not a smart person because you haven't read, like, the great books of the world, or, like, you prefer romance novels, or you prefer um, young adult fiction or science fiction or whatever, put that right out of your head. Because if you look at the history of literature, it wasn't, like, before I took English, like, before I majored in English, I thought that these works were written, they were published, and everyone just immediately was like, this is just so well written and so good, and, like, it got immediately, or, like, it just over, or either immediately or over time, just because of how good it was, it got preserved. But that's not the whole story, because, um, in most cases, at least from what I learned in my in my literary history course and courses on other periods of history, um, it has a lot to do with the political climate at the time, with the culture, like where the culture's at at the time. Um, and this is just English literature too. Like I just I just studied English literature, um, so. I mean, that's just one language of literature. Uh, so when, if you realize that, then you realize like every other culture has their, only, has their own history of literature and their own way of understanding literature and how um, their own, probably their own kind of uh, history of literary analysis and, and all that. So it's really just arbitrary. Like if you take, you could probably take like a great something that's considered a great work of literature and if it had been published um like if a, if if a contemporary version of it had been published maybe it maybe it wouldn't have been seen as very good or if something um from today would have been published some there maybe there's something from today that is now considered um to be just kind of like trashy but if it had been published at an earlier time maybe it wouldn't have been do you see what I mean like like it's all contextual it's got nothing I mean it does obviously probably have something to do with the quality of writing but like it's got nothing to do with like it doesn't mean like taste I read this whole I read this whole um paper in my aesthetics course aesthetics was a philosophy course so not a literary course but it had a lot of overlap it turned out because this paper was talking about the concept of taste and this idea that having a good taste and bad taste and someone having a certain taste in things makes them um less intelligent or or um less cultured or whatever and that this idea is just kind of like a social construct and construction based on ideas of class and, and gender also and and all of these things that are um, that are attributed or, or valued at a certain point in time and then if you create a piece of art or literature that speaks to those current day um, values and um, interests and events then that's more likely to be hailed as something um, worthy of of, um, of being appreciated um, which you know that 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 doesn't mean it does I'm not saying that's wrong I'm just saying that like 
all I'm saying is, if you like romance novels, if you like young adult fiction, if you if you like chick flicks, if you like anything that is considered like lowbrow in some way or considered like not good taste, um, like just forget about it. It's like there's there's no real concrete reason why that stuff is considered bad taste. Like I'm obviously like there's certain things that have not aged well in terms of now they're um when you look at them in modern context they're kind of offensive i'm not talking about those things those things are a whole other bag but um, the things that are just considered like trashy or like not very like something an intelligent person would read or 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 um like not very cultured or whatever just ignore that because like it's got like it's it's just arbitrary people just like based on who's you know the most powerful people in society at the time and what they're into and like what what type of movements are going on and what type of um you know ideas are circulating in what groups in what um in what strata of society um that's what's gonna probably determine what's good and bad taste so yeah so uh anyway that is a huge tangent i just am i'm really passionate about people not being looked um sometimes i do and and i'm i i do it too i look down on people for their taste too right but i don't actually believe that that is how it should be you know um anyway so where was i um right the saunas and then they go home they've clearly had a nice time together and Rory meets up with Lorelai at Luke's she's wearing the hat and Lorelai kind of makes fun of her for it and Lorelai is surprised that Rory had such a nice time and I think she feels uneasy about it she was expecting her not to have a good time because that type of lifestyle is not the lifestyle that she raised Rory in, and, um, and it's, she kind of, I guess, I think she kind of feels that her having had this nice time with her father, um, creates maybe more of a distance between them, whereas before they kind of liked all the same things and did all the same things, did everything together, and now Rory has gone off with her grandfather and done something, um, new and, 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 um, and belonging to this world that Lorelai has rejected, and so it's a bit difficult for her, I think, to see that Rory has had such a nice time, but, um, I think in the end she, um, I think it's complicated, but I think in the end she, um, is happy that Rory is happy, you know, because, um, because, you know, she's her mom and she loves her, and, um, that's how it is when you're a mom. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's kind of where the episode ends, is at Luke's. Um, I wonder how many episodes end at Luke's. I wonder how many episodes begin at Luke's. I feel like Luke's and the Friday night dinners are, like, the two things that sometimes begin and end episodes, or, like, the two things... They're like the the anchors of the of the episodes. 
um, where the, the characters kind of meet up and either regroup or meet up and kind of clash. Um, it's interesting. Anyway, so there you have it. Uh, season 1, episode 3 of the Gilmore Girls, Kill Me Now. Uh, and... Um, yeah, I'm just gonna keep doing these because uh, no one has told me to stop. <laughs> um, yeah, whether you are a fan of the Gilmore Girls or not a fan of the Gilmore Girls, I hope that you are feeling more at ease, more relaxed, closer to sleep, and that you have um, a very restful night. Good night.